Hey everyone, welcome to Locked on Lakers for Wednesday. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. The Lakers win a thriller against Phoenix and punch their ticket to Vegas. What got them there? We'll tell you next. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks to everybody for making Locked On Lakers first listen of every day, Monday through Friday, no matter how or where you get your podcasts. This one's always free and never behind a paywall. Locked On Lakers on YouTube is where you can go hang out with over around 20, it's almost exactly 22,000 subscribers to the channel, all of whom are excited. Some of whom may actually, Andy, be buying tickets to head out to Vegas because that's where the Lakers are going now. They beat the Suns in a thriller of a game, 106-103. Tuesday night in the in-season conference quarterfinals uh, to advance to Vegas in the semis on Thursday. Thursday against the New Orleans Pelicans. You better damn well believe Anthony Davis is not going to have his Uh old team take out his current team on the way to the in-season tournament finals. That is historically never what happens to Anthony Davis. (laughs) Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app uh, and create an account and use the code Locked on NBA for twenty dollars off your first purchase. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of fun stuff to get into off of this game. Just um, a fun game, it really was. Period. Wow, it really was. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think it, you know, and, and look, Reggie Miller. You would have thought just, and I love Reggie because Reggie excited about everything, and we don't have enough people, particularly in basketball who broadcast games from the perspective of, I like this. <laughs> like, this is exciting. Like, you know, I think NBA fans have a um, a common criticism of the way that some games are called. And Reggie's just super enthusiastic. Like, you would have thought listening to him that uh, a game on national television with LeBron James and Kevin Durant and whatever, like, wouldn't have had any hype or guys wouldn't have been caring otherwise. But I will say, there was something definitely in it about winning this game, going to Vegas. And I thought this was fascinating from LeBron afterwards because Lakers had a great intensity in this game, particularly early. And LeBron said, look, like, you know, the tournament is what it is. We're looking, but like you have a chance to compete for something. So you might as well go compete. And I have his exact quote. I have his exact quote. He was asked by Ali LaForce, you know, you've won regular season MVP. You've won finals MVP. You have four championships, all-time leading scorer, yada, yada, yada. What would it mean to add, you know, in-season tournament champion to that roster? And he said, quote, it is what it is. I mean, it's an inauguration. It is what it is at this point in the season. We have the opportunity to compete for something, so why not? I mean, you have the best competitors in the world fighting for something, so let's fight. I thought that was great. It was great, and it reminded me of two things. The first thing is it confirmed to me your hypothesis of he'd like to win the first one just in case anyone Mm -hmm. Mm cares. So when he said that, I thought to myself, Andy Kamenetsky is going to feel really good about that quote. I was on that one early, man, Uh (laughs) real early. So, yeah, your LeBron radar was was on point there. The second part, though, that I thought was because we we talked – on, on Tuesday's show, we spent a lot of time just sort of breaking down why this thing has been a success. And part of it is the competitiveness. But we also talked about a team like Indiana or New Orleans 
using this as an as a chance to dress rehearse what it might be to be in the playoffs. Um, you know, as a young team, as an inexperienced team, whatever. Apparently, the same thing applies to the Lakers too. It's like LeBron. It's you have a chance. Or the Bucks. Look at how Bucks. excited Giannis has talked about this. He won a championship two years ago. But it's you know what I'm saying. Like it's that like hey like let's take this seriously. Like, there is value in taking this seriously that goes beyond normal competitiveness. It is a valuable exercise mm-hmm. to take it seriously. And I thought that that was something that came through really strongly in that quote that you read from LeBron. Yeah, and, and look, I mean, I, neither one of us is trying to shill for the league. We don't work for the league. And frankly, both of us were skeptical about this thing heading into it. We weren't against it, but we were no, like... I didn't th- um, I, skeptical in the sense that I thought it would take some time before right. it would become like... Of a thing that people or that would be the hope if nothing else that was the goal we were both skeptical that it would feel like a big deal this this year we were both absolutely skeptical of that and frankly we were both wrong and like i feel like at this point people who are resisting this thing as a concept you just don't want to admit you were wrong right it's okay a lot of people with you but it's and it's you're wrong about something that's fun. It's like yeah. if, if this is a fun thing. Now I will say this because look, the Lakers. We mentioned this for Tuesday's show. Did something extremely valuable by winning this game. They now own the season series against the Suns. Yep. They the, at worst it can be three two Lakers. So the tiebreaker head to head. If there's a seeding issue, and there could be. Like the Suns, we got a oh okay yeah Kevin Durant. Do we good. know for sure this counts towards? The, oh yeah, absolutely, okay. absolutely. As far I mean, do I know for sure? <laughs> no, but it, it is my understanding. <laughs> I'd like to think this hasn't snuck up on the league. Like oh crap, what do we do? Right. No, this, <laughs> as far as I know, as far as I can tell, it like the season series is now five games instead of four, uh, okay. which is not really inherently unfair. Whatever they're lot of teams no. that only play each other three times so no, and just look the pacific happens to be unusually strong right. this year right could somebody even, even the worst teams are not bad at all right could i be my understanding is everything about the in-season tournament counts towards you know awards counts towards statistics except for the final now i will say if the lakers reach the final that's the game where you hold your breath because that's the one that doesn't count for anything um that's the one where you know, at that point, they're only playing for pride and money. But we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Yeah, be um, quiet. They won a significant game over a Pacific Division rival, playing with two of their three stars. Um, this is meaningful stuff, and it was a great game. Yeah, and we also, too, you, you mentioned that the Suns are still down Brad Beal, and that obviously matters a lot. But what I loved seeing in this game, other than Gabe Vincent, who we've said when he returns is, I think, a mystery to everybody, including the Lakers. Yep. But Rui Hachimura came back, played in what black mask. I don't know if that's going to be the one moving forward. But like I said, I've seen him uh, or heard of him or both uh, with clear and black. But this was a black mask. So he was there. The Lakers had basically everybody at this point. And, you know, I tweeted out at one point in the game at Cam Brothers, I've now seen the version of the Lakers with a bleep ton of wings, and I've seen the version without. 
I much prefer the version with. Yes. <laughs> because yes. When, you, when you see this team with Cam Reddish, who has found a defensive lane that works for him, mm-hmm. Torian Prince, who is now able to play in a defensive lane more suited towards his strengths. Yes. Max Christie, who it would appear now has a role in the rotation. Rui Hachimura, who is a very versatilely deployed wingish guy on this team. And Jared Vanderbilt, who was flat out fantastic defensively in this game. All of a sudden, these different combinations that the Lakers can put out there defensively activate all these you know, opportunities for fast breaks. In the case of Jared Vanderbilt, just the opportunity to get second chance points. But the opportunity to cause disruption and get out and run, it just it gives the Lakers, as they're still trying to figure out who they are offensively in anything other than transition, well, it makes it a little easier if you can actually run. And yeah, you, ju- you well. just see the difference in this. And the reason they could run is the defense and the turnovers they cause. We're, we're, I want to I want to get into that at length in the next segment. So let's let's just get some of this other stuff out of the way. You know, LeBron, 12 of 25, 31 points, <laughs> eight rebounds, 11 assists, five wow. steals, five steals. LeBron, I mean, LeBron in season tournament game against KD. LeBron was into this one. Um, and as I said, know, he would be playing a full 40 minutes. Um, Anthony Davis was a monster in the first half, a little quieter in the second, but working hard 27 points, 15 rebounds, could not make a putback layup to save his life. Um, huge third quarter from um, Austin Reeves to set up what was a critical three with 17 seconds left that was the the margin of victory for the lakers he had 20 points six assists or six rebounds and two assists um you know three of eight from from three-point range so good individual scoring performances but the lakers only scored 106 which is not a ton in the modern nba they won this game on defense and so let's talk about it next Locked on Lakers is brought to you by eBay Motors, and our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked on Fantasy Basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit your roster. So let's see who Josh has picked out for us in this week's eBay Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. Kelly Oubre Jr., who is returning to the Sixers from pretty gnarly injury uh, away from the game and he may have been dropped in some of your leagues so check out the wires he is a great source of scoring plus it's just nice to see the guy actually back and playing basketball because it was kind of scary when this uh, injury was first made public also Derek Lively the second rookie Dallas center having a really really nice year it's hard to find starting centers with big growth upside Lively's already flashed that could be a Someone to keep an eye on for a keeper league, I'm guessing. Josh Lloyd from Locked on Fantasy Basketball is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being the perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. And there's nothing worse than having your vehicle break down in real time. I once had my car catch on fire Yep. as I was on the way to trade it in because I was pretty confident the car had reached the point I'd run into the ground where it might actually catch Took on fire. a couple fire. bucks off the trade-in value. It certainly did. And you know what? I could have saved myself some trouble perhaps because 
With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. They got brake kits, they got LED headlights, they got a roof rack. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, it is guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. And at these prices, you are burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items, only exclusions apply. Okay, so again, I don't mean to minimize uh, the the you know the game that LeBron had and all these other things. Like, we but we we talk a lot about LeBron being really good. Like, so it's it's sort of baked into the cake. What you what you we just is, really should make sure that it is made perfectly. You want to read the, you want to read the line again? Thirty-one points on twelve of twenty-five shooting, two of four from behind the arc, five of six at the line. Uh, eight rebounds, three on the offensive glass, 11 steals against just LeBron had the ball in his hands a lot. Yes. And five steals. Um, so, again, just want to make sure nobody feels like this is going to get overshadowed. I'm sure LeBron will come up at some point uh, over the course of the next two segments. But it really bears pointing out the guy was just terrific. The other question I had about the uh, the the tournament final is that a Saturday or a Sunday? No, oh, it's a Saturday. He's, the USC game uh, that he that's what Bronny, that Bronny might be activated for, and LeBron has said that first game Bronny plays, he is going to be available. I also came to realize once I learned this schedule, like awesome fathering by LeBron and it's really touching that he wants to do this and you know I mean LeBron is a really active hands-on dad and he's talked right. about having not had a father in his life how much it means to him to be that presence in his kid's life it was not a really bold declaration once you learn the in-season tournament schedule there's no games in the NBA period I believe that's Sunday <laughs> like, but we didn't know for sure when I have a feeling LeBron had, had an, an idea, idea when this when game Bronny was coming. Okay. Yeah. It's like 12 second conversation about it. You don't have a problem with him missing, you know, and it like the game to go see his kid make his college. You think after everything I just said about what it means for I'm him to be a great father, just, I have a problem with it? I we're on the record as saying no, neither there are people who fewer than now though than used to, which I, I think you know, 15 years ago it would have been a, a topic of like debate on a morning show. Now I think most people would be like, of course he's going to go play. Right. Um, so let's talk defense because uh, the Lakers got off to a phenomenal start in this game uh, and it was built on the defense. Um, they got high percentage shots because the defense facilitated that with steals and turnovers and things like that. Um, and they won the game down the stretch with stops when they needed it. And they generally speaking kept the lid on you know certainly on booker um throughout most of this game devin booker had to work for every point that he got so he was ready to swing at cam reddish by the end of this wouldn't have been a good idea no don't do that no but Um, he you could see devin booker had really had enough of reddish in this game and look reddish played him very aggressively very physically you know he he did the thing that you hope to see from Cam Reddish heading into the season, but frankly, a lot of people, including us, were skeptical yeah. that he really had that in him. And but like you get the impression, like when you watch him play, especially in games like this, that Reddish has an edge and could absolutely just kick your ass. Like 
I like I don't think Devin Booker wants to, like wanted to like I, no him. I mean I, I've seen Booker get into I'm just stuff. But not like he backed away but I'm just saying like Reddish has and sort of an edge and like a kind of a, a, a I toughness mean without that I I I'm not trying to impugn Devin Booker I'm just I'm more trying to compliment Look, without right. knowing how either one of them actually fights, and you know, as as most former NBA and even current NBA players say, nobody in the league actually knows actually how to fight, it. right? Other than like, I don't know, James Johnson if he's still in the league. But you know, I will say this: they both looked perfectly happy to accept each other's smoke. Right? We're, I, sm- we're smoke yeah. made available. I that's really what I'm getting at. It's just again, not trying to like. I'm not even thinking about a real fight that would have happened. Just that like I was impressed with Reddish's edge and physicality. Yeah. Um. That and it's underneath it. It feels like, like yeah. Go ahead. Well, I can. I, I can. I can stick up for myself. He, but like he it, really quick. Oh, go ahead. Sure. Real. I was just gonna say really quick with Reddish. There probably is something for him with the idea of a he's having a good season, but b. Other than the one year Atlanta went to the playoffs, he's never had a role on a team that looked like it was actually going anywhere. Yeah. And that probably means something to him as he's looking to establish his career. If he can act or reestablish it, I should say, if he can reestablish it on a team that actually does something, all the better for him. And uh, he is in a position like all of these guys because they have wing after wing after wing after wing where there's another guy who can do what you are kind of doing um, right over there. Um, like Jared Vanderbilt f- was fantastic, but he only played 15 minutes, but you could, and I think those numbers will start to tick up as he gets, you know, his win. This is essentially his preseason that he's working through right now. Um, but like the activity that the Lakers can generate wave after wave of guys to where it is not just Davis, that anchor really is anchoring the defense. I mean, LeBron had it cranked up tonight um, for this game, but I do think it's going to make LeBron a better defender. It's going to protect Reeves and allow him to get back. Like a lot of guys, so you mentioned Torian Prince, our friend, uh, Cranges McBasketball, Tim at under, uh, Tim underscore NBA on, on Twitter, the Lakers exceptionalism pod has a great stat where he talks about like essentially ranks guys by like the degree of difficulty of their defensive assignments. Torian Prince has been like a has been like in the top fifteen yeah. for that all season long. I heard and him say that too. It's like okay, I respect Torian Prince. And he's trying. He's not. He's not that defender. So if you can bump him back down to guarding the type of player that he's supposed to, suddenly he's going to be a lot better on that end. LeBron is going to be better. Like these having all of these guys pushes everybody into more natural slots defensively we talk a lot about it on the other end but it it applies defensively too yeah and you know Vanderbilt in this game was there were several sequences where he flustered Kevin Durant either into a really difficult shot or a few times into turning the ball over just trying to get rid of it um you know I mean Durant had a great game Kevin Durant is one of the best scorers to ever live he's going to get He's going to get points. It's what he does. But Vando, among other guys, made him at least work. They did the same thing to Devin Booker. And then Vanderbilt, four offensive rebounds in the first half. And the Lakers finished this game 
with, I believe it, uh, I believe it was 19 second chance points. They averaged heading into this game 9.7 dead right. last. By the way, that number would have been 10 points higher if AD could hit a, a putback. Couldn't right. do it. Yes. But just the they had 15 second chance points in the first half. And, and to your point, a lot of those chippies that AD was just having difficulty putting down uh, kept the, the total from maybe reaching 25 or 30. But the point being, though, just Vanderbilt, his presence alone, his activity around the basket on both sides just will help this team become better rebounding, which will help them get out on the break. It'll help them get second chance points. We just talked recently about how they average the fewest amount of field goals in the uh, field goal attempts in the league, period. Not, not field goals made, field goals attempted. They need to shoot more baskets. Offensive rebounds is a key in making that happen. Darwin's going to have a great time, I think, Andy, tinkering with some of his options because there are so many of them that actually should work just fine. Yeah, we can even talk about maybe some of the options that could Ooh. be out there for Darvin Ham. And again, worth, uh, worth mentioning how LeBron played, but also Austin Reeves as well. So we can get into all that coming up next. Locked on Lakers is brought to you by Game Time. And years ago, some friends of mine and I, we went to go see LL Cool J in LA at the now defunct House of Blues. Really last minute, we didn't know how to get tickets. So we bought them from a scalper. Turned out they were fake a uh, totally random unrepeatable bit of luck we managed to get into this concert but i said after that never again because buying tickets to your favorite event should not be stressful that's why i love game time it's a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports music comedy shows and theater near you and with killer deals on last minute tickets the best price guarantee you can stop stressing over the tickets start getting hyped for the fun I love how they offer images of seat views, lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, and the game time guarantee means you will always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section or row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. It is the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. So snag the tickets without the stress using game time. Download the game time app, create an account, use the code locked on NBA for 20 bucks off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, Create an account, redeem the code locked on NBA for 20 bucks off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We haven't, Andy, we haven't addressed the uh the big controversy of this game was the ending where uh Austin Reeves uh, you know, looked like he was about ready to turn over the ball. Ball's out of his hands. LeBron is on the other side of the court, calls timeout, <laughs> calls timeout, uh, and um, shouldn't have been able to do it. It was granted to him. Shouldn't have been able to do it. So instead of Grayson Allen just picking up the ball basically underneath the basket and probably would have tied the score, certainly would have, or at the very least, it would have been Phoenix ball probably. Um, the Lakers inbound the ball. They go shoot free throws, and here we go. Uh, what was your read of that play? Because there was a lot going on, and I have my own opinion. I mean, I guess my overarching read was that the refs lost control of that possession <laughs> big time. Um, Phoenix, you know, whether the organization themselves or their fans are going to be mad, and I get it. I mean, th that was not properly officiated or regulated, and they have a right to be upset about that. That being said, Austin Reeves was fouled. Yes. And 
I'm confident about this because it looked pretty obvious that Devin Booker was actually trying to foul him because right. that's what he, he held would his do. arms up. Right. It's what you would but. do in that situation. Like it it felt to me like again, like people are gonna focus the most on the timeout element of it because that's the part where it really feels like the referees just what are you doing? Like that was egregious. Like, it was a it was, it was a big but, miss. But that that sequence in and of itself with Booker and Reeves is part of the refs just like the two minute the last two minute report for that is just going to be like a shrug emoji and like double middle fingers. <laughs> you got it wrong, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I just I I, I was I feel like a manifesto. It was the Booker <laughs> thing. Be so long. It was the Booker part of it where he where the Booker foul that I was curious. You know if you if you thought that was a foul too because it looked like looked like he was trying to both see if he could turn him over. But also, if he got the foul call, it's like, all right, fine, we'll go shoot free throws. Uh, I mean, but, you know, try to turn him over. But he clearly, while he, even though he had his arms up, he clearly yeah. got him with the body. He was bodying him. Okay, good. So we saw that the same way. The Lakers did not. Uh, the Phoenix. Okay, you can gripe, but the Lakers could have then griped too. So, yeah, we're fine here. <laughs> I mean, I, again, I legitimately understand why Phoenix fans will be upset by it. If the situation were reversed, I guarantee Laker fans, including me, would be upset by it as well. So, I mean, Phoenix, yes. Phoenix fans complaining about it, I, I don't think this is complaining for the sake of complaining or just No, but they, they, won't, they won't probably acknowledge the, the part that the Lakers probably should have gotten a foul call to begin that sequence. Anyway. Everybody is a hero of their own story. You know? That is true. Um, all right. So Reeves, uh, by the way, had just canned a jumper that, I looked at that and said, look, it was Robert Ori didn't have a problem with the post game and it was wide open. It was in rhythm. There were 17 seconds left in the game. And I said that had better bleeping go in. <laughs> but I mean, that was ballsy. <laughs> it was ballsy, though. You know, it was part of a game that Reeves was just having. Like he was feeling himself in this game. Reeves played very well. Also, too, and it's it's all over Twitter, you can find it if you didn't happen to see this in real time or notice it in real time. Reeves let out like a guttural scream afterwards that it, it was similar to what would happen if you were like freed from whatever was possessing you during an exorcism. <laughs> like it was loud, sounded almost alien-like. I mean, he was so incredibly, he was more excited I think in that moment than the I'm him moment. Like, Might have just, been. he let everything out. It was amazing. He had, been, he had not been that excited since Taylor Swift asked him out. Yep. Um, but like, I Reeves is just one of those guys, you commented this during the game. Like, he, he throws some aggressive lobs. Like, and he loves to do the, like the side, like the sidearm flip, like the flippy thing. Mm -hmm. Like he he's got some like panache <laughs> to how he does it. Like he's, a, he's such a, he's a fascinating combination of like aw shucks humility and gets beat up all the time, whatever, and irrational confidence. Well, you know what? It's funny. I I've seen him compared before in certain respects and in, in the way they play. And yes, it's the you know obvious. White dude, white dude, Larry Bird. No, um, <laughs> Ginobili. 
Yeah. There, there is an element to Ginobili that is comparable to Reeves because they both play with a certain amount of reckless abandon when it when they enter the paint and when they look for contact, some of some of the things they are willing to do. Because you know, it's it's well documented. It took Greg Popovich a long time to learn to live with the the bad that came with the overwhelming amount of good with Ginobili because the bad at times is like, Ew. I have no Ew. idea what you were trying to accomplish there. <laughs> and Reeves, I don't think is reckless at the level of Ginobili, nor no. for that matter, is he as good as I Ginobili. say the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> like just to make sure that people understand this, I am not saying Austin Reeves is as good as Manu Ginobili. He's no Manu did get hit in the face a lot with that beak. Yes. Yes. That there's that as well. But, both of them are willing to take chances. And both of them also, too, have kind of like a, you know, Manu was known as a very humble, down-to-earth personality. They're both also insanely competitive. And they're, they're arrogant players. If that, And I don't mean that as a, as, a, as a criticism. But there's an arrogance, like a confidence and an arrogance, whatever it is, and how they would do stuff. I loved Manu. So, oh, I'm um, a big Manu fan. Oh, absolutely one of my favorite players of all time. So um, real quick before we go, though, the um, – this ability for Darwin to kind of mix and match defensively. I think it's it's just it's going to help him because so often when you want to really play a defensive posture, you almost have to compromise your offense or compromise your spacing. And I'm I'm I keep trying to kind of go through it in my head. I don't see any reason where the Lakers are going to have to make significant trade-offs as long as they have player the players available to them. Can you rephrase that? I'm not exactly sure what you're saying. Oftentimes, if I want to have my defensive lockdown team on the floor, I've got to trade offense through it. I got to take, you know, I got to I got to take shooters off the floor. I've got to take guys who can't create their own shot. I've got to put guys on the floor um who just are 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 negatives offensively. So we're going to win this game by making getting eight stops because we might only get two buckets the rest of the way. Like, but we're going to grind our way to do this because we can put a... The Lakers, I think, can play rotations where you can put out strong defensive postures throughout a game, like without really having to make big compromises, but also without having to create negativity on the floor offensively. Some combinations will be better than others. Okay, I was going to say... I don't think... I don't think Darwin is ever really going to have to, as long as he's got the full range of, of players to choose from, I don't think he's ever going to have to fully sacrifice offense in the name of trying to elevate the defense. And that's a that's a big advantage. I mean, I think he will have to sacrifice some offense just because sure. most of their best defenders on this team, not named Anthony or Davis, are not complete offensive players. Of course not. not particularly versatile offensive players. And they're, they are guys that you don't necessarily count on their offense being consistent, but they are versatile enough, I think, in the way that they can be deployed, that you can Correct. put enough offense around them. Exactly. And, and try to make it work. Um, you know, like you and said, I think, you know, a guy like Christie is a good player, but it's shown he can shoot the ball. Um, he, he Hachimura is a, 
you know, he's a limited defender and sort of the, the things he's not good at, he's not good at. The things, if you ask in the things he's better at, but he has a little more offense to it. Rui has the best potential, I think, in terms of the type of players that you're describing that can be the most complete offensive, defensive player, depending on the setup. Right. You know, like J- Jared Vanderbilt, you're not counting on any real offense from him. Cam Reddish sometimes scores, but the offense is – Yeah, I mean, the offense is not something you can necessarily count on. Torian Prince maybe also, I guess, is a guy that's sort of two-way um, with with the score. Right, more probably. offense probably than defense. But, yeah. like, I don't expect Vanderbilt and, 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 and Reddish to play together very much. I don't know. It, I – like that becomes an offensively limiting lineup if potentially. But if you have if you need you have five minutes where you need to make sure the other team's not doing anything. Yeah. I mean, look, if you if you put Reeves and LeBron and A D around Vanderbilt and Reddish, you know, I'm not saying I play 35 minutes that way, but I think you could make seven minutes work that way. You might I do. It it's just particularly it's, if you're protecting a lead. You know what these are, Andy. These are first world problems. Locked on Lakers is where you can go to hang out with uh, 22,000 subscribers to the channel. Talk to us. Talk to each other. We love to use your comments for the show. We'll see everybody tomorrow.